What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Postgame, Ethan, and it's another nail-biter with the Grizzlies. What's new? They got Ja back, we got Keldon back, and basically you got a really similar game to the one we saw uh, on Monday in Memphis. So, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, really the only difference was we had a solid first quarter, and then they completely outplayed us in that second quarter. It was 44-25 to in that second mm-hmm. quarter. But other than that, you're right. We were competitive the whole way. We got behind, but we, we stayed within about 10 points pretty much the, the entire game. Um, did everything that we could, all the little things to, to stay within that 10-point margin. And at the end, we made it a game again, got it down to a three-point game, couldn't capitalize, and the Grizzlies ended up winning by six. So it's it's the same scenario that we've been dealing with pretty much all year where it's we're playing competitive ball games, but we just – other teams are better than us at this point. They have more talent yeah. and and they have more cohesion and chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't help that Keldon went one for seven from three. I know he had 24 points. We were talking about how he was able to get to the free throw line, 11 for 12. It's funny, Jude. He's, you mentioned he's kind of playing similarly to how he played when he was a rookie and a sophomore, kind of just barreling to the rim. Um, getting, In games getting, where he's not shooting well, right. I kind of want him to do that even when he's shooting well, because if he does that and he shoots four for seven, three for seven, we have a completely different game on our hands, and we say Keldon was the MVP of the night. So I hope he continues to do this approach, and his shot just kind of finds itself. Um, but to me, the big three was <laughs> Jakob Pertl and Jay Rich and um, honestly Zach Collins and Trey. Oh, and Trey Jones. Excuse me. Trey Jones kept us into this game. The entire way we were texting back and forth two for five from three nine for 19 mm-hmm. six assists but it was his scrappy play offensively and defensively he was really getting after the the memphis guards um had a couple steals in the open court that mm-hmm. really changed the momentum it felt like um and when, when it felt like we were on our heels and, and memphis was really starting to get um that momentum going trey jones did something to turn it around in our advantage so Shout out to Trey. He continues to impress uh, in Devin's absence, both as a scorer and as a facilitator and just as a leader uh, on both sides of the court. Um, but there's really nothing negative other than Keldon's shooting performance. Other than that, I felt like the entire team played pretty well, but Memphis just, you know, they have more talent. Yeah, Romeo got eight minute, 18 minutes tonight um, and also shot didn't shoot that one. Yeah, that's great. also a negative. Um, <laughs> but 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 that was the only that was the only other thing that was popping out to me. I mm. completely agree with you for the most part. I mean, Sohan made some rookie mistakes. Those happen every game. Um, yep. And you saw Pop call that timeout and then like <laughs> sit him for the rest yeah. of the game. But you know that, that that's one of those learning experiences that he's going to have. But just to touch on some of the other stuff that you said, you know, you talked about obviously not able to hang on in the fourth quarter, and this this puts the Spurs at. I, they've got to be now I forget what the number was last time but you know oh and then like somewhere at least in the 20s whenever it comes to going in into games in the fourth quarter with uh with the other team having the lead being down yes and another stat with that also that I heard on this broadcast was just it when it comes to halftime the Spurs are two and 23 this year when trailing a half so now they're two and 24 um they did enough to keep to keep to hang around in that second half, like you talked about. Um, you know, you mentioned how this one was kind of the inverse of yesterday's game, where or Monday's game against the Grizzlies, where the Grizzlies came out hot, and then the Spurs kind of cut into the lead going into halftime. Where this time the Spurs came out hot, and then the Grizzlies had a forty-four point second quarter. 
Um, and the big difference there, just talking about that a little bit, was the Grizzlies only had three assists in the first quarter, so we were able to force them to play a little bit more ISO. Obviously, everybody's still kind of feeling out the game in, in the first quarter as well, but we forced that, and then the second quarter they had 11. So, you know, th- there's the, an offensive explosion for you when you're playing a team like the Memphis Grizzlies at the top of the West. Um, and then just another stat for the fourth, fourth quarter, Spurs last in scoring margin overall mm. just in the league. For, for the fourth quarter. But talking about Keldon as well, you know, and that's kind of the ironic part, right? For us, you know, who've watched him all year, we're like, eh, this isn't a good game for Keldon. <laughs> the Grizzlies broadcaster, their their color guy, not their play-by-play guy, I forget his name. Um, but he was like, he verbatim said, and I wrote it down, Keldon Johnson has been really good tonight. And I was like, you know, that's just like the perspective of another team. It's like for him, it's like, yeah, he's not shooting well, but he gets to the line, you know, for for 12 shots, basically. Uh, or 12 yeah. points on the board and is able to get 24. Still, I would say, and, and I would agree with you, that this was not his best game for sure. If he was shooting well, the Spurs would probably come out with a win in this one. Um, I did have a nice block. i got to give him credit there. Yakov had four blocks in the first quarter. was only able to have one later in the game, but still had five overall. 17, 13, and 5 it is solid for Yakov. Three for five from the free throw line as well, too. He got eviscerated sent to the underworld once again by John Morant. It's personal. Um, but, you know, I, I just, it, with Jots, like, there's nothing that he can do. What's he going to do? Foul him and make it an and one and then just make it more emphatic? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, yeah. all that's going to do is hurt the team. So, at, at that point, it's like, and most people, like, nine out of ten centers in the league are getting destroyed on that play yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yes. like it's just it's just jaw and that's one of the reasons why i love watching this grizzlies team obviously i don't like them when they play the spurs i don't like watching them then um but any other time they're they're one of the most exciting teams in basketball for plays like that um just i guess one last note on the game uh jay rich Doug and Zach, you see them filling up the stat sheet. You talked about them as well. Um, they really led the comeback in that. They really quarter. did. It was it, Stanley was in there for a little bit as well, making some plays. But the vets really led the comeback in that one. Um, and now that I'm looking at the stat sheet, I knew Doug was hot shooting, but he had five boards tonight, a steal um, as well. Jay Rich was able to dish five assists with the steal and a block. Um, and then Zach Collins, I didn't realize, had 12 boards tonight. Had yeah, four assists was- as well in 14. And and one of the other things, not to cut you off, but you are about to talk about him, that the Grizzlies broadcasters were talking about how he does a really good job. And I think we've seen this improve over the season from our perspective of just jumping straight up. That's like, yes, he still had three fouls tonight, but like, right. It was such an improve. That, that was the big thing I saw tonight. There were so many plays that he made defensively that would have been fouls earlier in the year. Yeah, his verticality has improved tremendously, and his physicality. I know he still gets beat up by by you know stronger bigs, but he's still giving it his all. And effort effort wise, I'm, it's never a question with Zach. Um, another thing I was going to touch on, Jude, was Memphis has a unique strength that isn't seen a lot in modern NBA. They have yeah. two guys that are basically seven feet tall, or six ten, six eleven in. Um, Steven Adams and JJJ. And so that's right. a matchup nightmare. We talked about that in matchup nightmare. And I know Sohan caught JJJ early, but they are yeah. really difficult to stop. When one has 12 boards and the other has 18, it was very difficult to stop even Tillman as well. I know he only had four <laughs> boards, but he was a, a big, strong presence that kept the ball alive for them on the offensive end. 
Uh, I think we both had 17 offensive rebounds tonight, but the difference is second chance points. I don't have that stat in front of me, but I remember watching it. I can it get the it game. for you probably. They were bullying us in second chance opportunities. So as much as I love Jeremy Sohan and Zach Collins and, and all the things that they do, they're just not physically strong or tall enough in Sohan's case to to defend that. And then also we have Trey Jones out there who's getting switched. That John Morant, Stephen Adams pick and roll is mm-hmm. impossible to stop. Because either Jaw's getting a layup or he misses the layup because Jakob contests well, you know, helping. And then Steven Adams cleans it up, second chance point, easy. And even John Morant had like three three cleanups of his own shot. Like he'd shoot a layup or a floater and follow it up for a tip back. Like that happened really very often. And uh, it's, it's not going to be an issue for every team. But for Memphis, that's a huge, huge advantage and something that the Spurs need to figure out how to, to counter because it, it was a problem all night long. Yeah, the rebounding battle uh, was won by Memphis tonight by nine, fifty-seven to forty-eight, and and the discrepancy it was actually completely even on the offensive side of the yeah. boards, which is surprising with what you're talking about. Um, but thirty-one to forty on the defensive boards, and early on in the first quarter, or at the end of the first half, excuse me, it was twenty-eight to nineteen going into halftime. I wrote that down as well. Um, mm-hmm. And when you look at the three-point, not to just to talk about other stats and to completely ignore what no yeah you you're said. good do your thing um but uh at the three-point percentage tonight yeah, that was listen nuts. to this ethan this is crazy i know in a six-point game it was 63 percent to 32 percent from three and they only made three more threes than us but still like yeah yeah they couldn't miss dude i texted yeah, you that we were 11 of 34 they were 14 of 22 yeah on an inbound play tyus jones hit a fadeaway contested three from the corner and yeah. Tyus Jones has become a capable three-point shooter, but when he's hitting that and the rest of the yeah. team is following suit, it's very difficult to get any kind of momentum. So another crazy thing tonight, the Grizzlies had more turnovers. They had, let me do some quick, they had 14 less assists, 14 less assists 33 yeah. to 19. The Spurs out-assisted the Grizzlies tonight. Um, more blocks, more steals. Uh, those are menable numbers. More fast break points, more points in the paint. Uh, the Spurs did have more fouls, but they did not have as many. They didn't have a flagrant or any technicals. Um, the Grizzlies did have more points off turnovers, but you know when you go to the ESPN stat sheet, the one thing that they don't have on here is second chance points, and that's the thing that I think would probably stand out, like you were mentioning earlier. Because when you yeah. look at all those stats, it's like how oh, the Spurs okay, yeah, there's the three point stuff, but how did the Spurs lose this one? That would probably be at least numbers wise the main yeah. thing. They put it up on the screen, but it's you like you said, it's not on ESPN for some reason. Mm-hmm. But it, it was definitely one sided. You know, I know we tied them for with offensive rebounds, but we couldn't capitalize on that. It was a lot of getting mm-hmm. the offensive rebound, dribbling it back right. out, kicking it to a to a, and Jakob had like three or four in a row, so that's a mm-hmm. little bit skewed because um, Memphis was trying to get back in transition, and we were just <laughs> crashing the boards like crazy toward the end of the game. Um, <sighs> Yeah, tough yep. loss. But at the end of the day, Jude, this is kind of what we what we wanted, right? It's exactly. It's literally what we asked for yesterday. And this was an even better game than the one we got on Monday. And mm-hmm. and we when we were talking about that, we didn't even think Jaw was playing. And of course, yeah. he comes in and has 38 tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. the really right. Like you said, they did what we asked. Um, But, you know, I, I, I wrote a lot more down in the first half. I don't know why I watched like it wasn't like I wasn't paying attention as much in the second half I just didn't like take away as much um 
And obviously some of these plays that I'm about to mention, like I'm about to mention some good Sohan plays. These were very early in the game. And as the game went on, um, it got tougher for him. But I like him coming to the challenge and trying to, you know, make a little statement to start the game against JJJ. We saw how that went, but um, mm-hmm. just I saw a lot of double screen motion tonight that hadn't that wasn't something that I'd noticed before. Um, and they were running like Trey off a screen from Sohan and and uh, and Yaka back to back, which basically gave Keldon the opportunity where he's either going to have a wide open three where he can pull it, or he's going to be in a one on one where he can take him off the dribble and try to out muscle him. And usually it's a guard just based off the rotation. Um, and that led to a nice uh, driving dish to Romeo, which was the first bucket of the game and Romeo's only bucket of the game, unfortunately. At least it was a three. You love to see that. Um, yeah. Sohan's poster, close to poster, pretty still a highlight reel dunk on Jared Jackson and one. Uh, love mm-hmm. to see that. Hit the free throw, too. Um, and Jakob got a block on the next play, too. So that's one of those energy plays you love to see. Um, he also had another Tyfe, uh, ISO buck. Uh, excuse me. I don't know what I just said. Tyfe. Tough. Jeremy had a tough ISO bucket uh, on JJJ as well. He took him outside off the dribble, stopped uh, once Jaron Jackson kind of checked him a little bit. Uh, but then he worked out of the post. So, like, adjusted and hit him and uh, hit a contested jumper fadeaway um, after trying to work on him a little bit. So that was impressive for me. I like to see that. Um, just it, him being 19 and, and getting an ISO, but I mean, that's a low standard, but y'all get what I'm saying. It, it was nice to see Jeremy get that bucket. Um, that was tough, uh, in a one-on-one situation on Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't think JJJ was probably expecting that to start the game. Um, like you said, I haven't talked enough about Trey and you talked a lot about Trey and that's probably honestly the story of the night. He continued his scoring and did more, um, with Keldon back. I mean, he facilitated, played great defense, had solid steals. I remember there was one possession specifically where he either got blocked or threw a steal. I want to say he got blocked or like just lost it. It was a turnover, bad play of some kind. Hustles down the floor, reads the transition pass, and gets a steal the next play. Um, I don't have – I'm trying to get the rest of his stats up in front of me here. Three steals as well, right? So that was just one of those. Had a block. Um, and six boards, too. That's the other thing, quietly. Mm-hmm. Like, in the over the last, like, 20 games or so, Trey's got to be averaging at least, like, four boards a game. For a six, what, two guard? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not out bullying big guys, but I think mm-hmm. you said this in a previous post game. He's able to compete with other guards that are a little, little bit bigger, six five, six six, and still out-rebound them. He His hustle... And his effort and his energy are immeasurable. Yeah. He never stops going 110%. Coach K and guy, for sure. Coach K guy. And with a young team, that's extremely important because a lot of these dudes, especially when Memphis got up by 8, 10, 12, 13, even at 20, I think at one point, you can kind of see yeah. the energy level. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Dip down. Uh, I think there was a point in the second quarter when our second unit was in. It really felt like we, we had were a 44.1. 
yeah, we were dragging our feet along, and it, it, it felt like, okay, Memphis is about to run away with this game. And then Trey Jones comes in and in the most important moments makes the most important plays that swing the momentum in our direction. Then we're able to dwindle it down to 15, to 10, single digits, keep it around there until the fourth quarter when we got it down to three. And without him, none of that happens. He's mm-hmm. been the catalyst, in my opinion, all year long. Devin's our best player. Keldon probably our second best player. But without Trey Jones on this team, we don't have 13 no, wins. And, that, point. and that's not a big win number, but it's definitely going to be like five or six without Trey Jones on the roster. He's been the glue the entire year. Remember when he went out, that was a part of that run where it was just like, it was hard to watch games Mm because like the, the defensive stuff he does for the perimeter. Like obviously we talk about Jakob, but really as the season has progressed, it would be a bigger defensive drop off with, with Trey going out because we've seen over this little stretch where Jakob was out, and Zach's improvement obviously has a lot to do with this and, and the emergence of Charles Basie as well. Um, but, you know, that, that's less of a – there's almost less of an impact there now. You're, you see less of an impact on the floor immediately um, with just the way we operate with Trey coming out in comparison to Jakob, which probably would have been something that we would have been like, ah, that's a little bit of a stretch if you would have told us that in, like, September, you know. Yeah, I, I don't want to continue to harp on this fact, Jude, but I called Trey Jones being a stud when we yeah. drafted him that first summer league. He has continued to improve, they continued run the tape. to impress. Yeah, look back at my Twitter. <laughs> it's up there. I retweeted it like last season when he had a good game. And so I yeah. might go retweet it again now that he had 22-6-6. and six. Uh-huh. But he's one of the guys, Jude, that as we continue to rebuild and we're going to be drafting in the lottery probably definitely this season, probably mm-hmm. next season as well. Um I want to keep him long-term. I know he's a second-round pick. We don't often keep second-round picks long-term, but I'd like to keep him on the team for as long as humanly possible uh, because he's such a quality point guard. And right now he's starting. Maybe we draft a guy like Scoot Henderson, who's supposed like like a a future all-star. Sure, we give him the nod. But as a backup point guard coming off the bench, he, to me, is perfect, especially in this system. Yeah, I think really all it has to do with is how that draft goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> another reason to root for Wembenyama. <laughs> yeah, true. The Trey Jones Wembenyama pick yes. and roll would be yes. nasty. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, there's there's just so many point guards like in the kind of in that top five area, mm-hmm. um, which probably they would if if it came down to. You know, we've talked about this before. They would probably roll with Blake Wesley and an Eamon Thompson or a Scoot Henderson. Um, mm-hmm. And but, I have no problem with that. Right. And I don't either. But I also I get exactly what you're saying. Um, th- there was a tweet that I saw today. Now I got to pull this up. I got to go find it. Um, talking just basically justifying what you were talking about. Now that we're here in 2023, um, we can <laughs> easily say um, that that Trey Jones is a steal um, in his draft. And I, I can't, I'm trying to find the tweet the tweet right now but basically when you look at like the guards that were drafted in that draft he ranks like second in steals like fourth in points like you know what i mean like just yeah most of the numbers like all of the statistical categories for people in his draft he's like top five uh for the guards in in the 2020 draft i believe um and so can't find that right now, but that's basically what the gist of the tweet was. So he he's definitely proven to be 
you know, but he was a Duke guy. He was kind of similar to Keldon in, in the way that he fell. Because think about it. He was only three mm-hmm. picks apart from Keldon, but he was one of those guys. There's nothing wrong. Everybody loved him. Uh, maybe he didn't have the greatest jumper coming out of college. But other than that, it was like, this dude is probably going to be a solid NBA player. Coach, I mean, Coach K doesn't just start anybody at point guard. And like before that, you had Tyus. And even though these guys aren't like world beaters, they're dudes who are like, have been a part of championship teams or contending teams in the NBA. Quinn Cook, um, obviously Kyrie. Um, I mean, you could go down the list of Duke point guards, and they're it. When you think of it in that perspective, it's surprising he fell. But I mean, that's the same thing you're going to say about Keldon, and that's just the way the NBA works. So you're glad you got both of those guys and yeah, others <laughs> as well. Yeah. The Spurs are, are are really good at finding those late round picks and making them something. We unless, got really lucky, uh, unless they're. Um, Quindary yeah. Weatherspoon. Well, we don't speak about Quindary. <laughs> There's only one Q on this podcast, and it's me. Um, anyway, we got really lucky with, with Trey Jones drafting him because for a, he was, what, our third-string point guard, and people were like, ah, we should bring in another point guard in free agency. Like, yeah, he we might traded be like, DeJounte. We traded DeJounte. He's like, ah, I don't think he we should believe start. Him. I think we should give yeah. it to Primo because he's better than Trey Jones already, and then Primo does what he does, and he's gone, and we're like, uh, I still think we should trade for somebody, and then Trey Jones has become a pinnacle of this uh, roster. His floater's inconsistent. <laughs> like, he can't, nobody yeah, wants he to can't believe shoot. in Trey Jones. He, you know what I mean? Like all these like criticisms we have, yeah. he just continues to like like he's just made them like go away as the yeah. season has gone on. Yeah, love that. Well, I guess we can. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, this was one one last note I had about the game, and this is kind of a big theme throughout the year, and this. This just comes with youth is kind of the caveat. Like what I'm about to say, like this would happen on any team that's youthful mm-hmm. like this. Go go look at the Rockets highlights and you'll really know what I'm talking about when I talk about this. But indecisiveness, little mm-hmm. hesitations, it's, and those little things, when they happen, it disrupts the flow of the offense. Um, I mean, there's sometimes, even on like dribble drives, I want to say I saw Keldon hesitate a little bit today, maybe even Trey mm-hmm. in some instances. Obviously, we're talking about how, how solid those guys are playing also. Um but whenever that happens, it's just like the whole play. When you're playing against a team like the Grizzlies, like you got to be going 100, 110, like all the time. Yeah. Um, maybe not, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but like you got to be going at least, you got to be going hard, basically. Playing cut, like regardless of if you're making a mistake, you can't think about what you're doing while you're doing it, or they're just going to take advantage of you, um, yes. whether that's on offense or defense. Like you just got to go. And that's what's happening, like in those little situations. And, to be honest, that's probably what should be happening for 22-year-old Trey Jones and, and mm-hmm. Keldon Johnson, um, or 23 they might be now. Um, but the point is, is those guys, like, that's not going to happen forever. That's just where yeah. they're at right now. And when, But whenever those happen, it like I said, it just it disrupts the flow of everything, allows them to take advantage. And there's another point that I was going to make off of that, but I can't remember, Ethan. I got a point. I got a point off of what you just said. It's like, it's sort of proof. I don't know the stats on this, but a perfect example of what you're saying is one of our most effective lineups as far as offensive cohesion and moving without the ball and passing with effectiveness and not hesitating is when we have Jay Rich, Doug McDermott, Zach Collins on the floor. Stanley together. Johnson too. Stanley Johnson. Those are veterans. Like, like big, not big names. Like we'd rather it be Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, whoever, but they're able to execute at a higher level because they've been at this, they have more reps. They've been in the league for a longer time. Um, They're just not as explosive and not quite as talented. 
perhaps. But once our starters and our other young players find that mindset and they get to that comfort level, I agree with what you're saying. It will we'll look a lot better. But that hesitancy, it really derails our offense because we're based on you know, being not being able to react to what we're doing because we're doing it so quickly. Right. And it's, and, and they just don't want to make a mistake. That's kind yes. of the other point that I was getting to. It's like, they're thinking like, Oh, should I do this? Or should I do this? It's like, just do one or the other. You're going to have a better chance at making it regardless. But that's something once again, young players are going to have to learn like every year For sure. has to learn that, especially in this situation where you have such a young team. Um, but yeah, just talking about some other Spurs news that we saw today. Um, Blake Wesley, uh, you sent me a tweet. Um, Pop basically said he's going to be in the G League a little bit longer. Um, was basically the he was the there end. tonight, but right. Uh, and and I guess what that makes me wonder is I don't know. With I know obviously Devin's injury plays into this, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to trade Jay Rich and Doug. I wouldn't be surprised. I know I've been saying we've been saying that the whole time. Those are the most likely candidates, but. And obvi- like I said, they're getting more minutes because of the Devin Vassell injury. But are they really, though? Because, I mean, I don't I don't think we play Romeo either over either of them. I think he's and he kind of got benched tonight, too. So we would probably just plug Devin back into that starting lineup. Um, I, I Their demeanor, like it's different than it was when they were sitting. And it might just be because they're playing. <laughs> the yeah. more I'm thinking about this, maybe it's not. Uh, this is just my feeling from sitting across the TV, which doesn't really have much substantiation. But I don't know. I, I, my feelings in the waters right now, Ethan, is that we we might keep those guys a little bit longer, especially with the Blake thing. That's what this is tying into. Duh, remembering that um, because we're going to need another playmaker, you know? Yeah. And not to say, obviously, like we're letting Malachi do that a little bit, but like Jay Rich really did that tonight with the five assists. And there were multiple times where he was, you know, pointing, setting up the offense, all that stuff. They've definitely looked a lot better. I'm I'm really not sure what the Spurs are going to do, because every time we try and guess what they're going to do, they don't do what we, we yeah. say. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if we decided to just keep them and, and run into the offseason and, and reload with our draft picks and just run it back again. Um, yeah. But just add a, a lottery pick to the roster. Um, I'd like to see Blake Wesley get some minutes, but I understand where Pop is coming from. He's coming off of an injury. He's a young point guard. I'm sure he's making some mistakes. He is making some mistakes in Austin. So mm-hmm. let him get reps there. Let him try and get more comfortable. And he said that the only reason he's being brought up, on top of the Devin injury, of course, just for depth, is so he can be around the guys, kind of feel a part of the team, get used to the atmosphere. Um and all that's great. I have no problem with that. Either way, we're going to lose. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if we trade yeah. them, I'm, I'm sure he'll get more playing time. But for now, Pop, he's going to give it to Jay Rich and Doug and, and, and Romeo. Yeah. I think that uh, I think that we'll definitely see like later in the season. For some sure. Blake, Blake Wesley, 15 minute, 20 minute type games. Absolutely. Um, and also, of course, the trade deadline. If they do end up doing something like you said. Um, that could totally allow him to play as well. But the other thing I'm remembering while you're here is it's like, what did DeJounte Murray do his first season? What did Derek White do his first season? Almost they were enough. in Austin the whole yeah. time. Cause, and, and I'm thinking about this because they just did the tribute video for Derek. And I think I, wa- I was watching uh, the JJ Redick podcast with Derek, just where he's yeah. him talking about this time in the Spurs. And he's like, well, I was in Austin the, most of the time, you know, my first year. And so it's like, with any of those guys, and Blake was drafted not at 29, but at 25. 
you know, in that same area. So they're just because it's a point guard like Malachi one, I think was a steal. Like he, I forget where he was rated on Jay Bilas's thing, but it was much more like it was like towards the lottery. So I think that's why he's just on the team already. Mm-hmm. And he's not like there's more whenever it comes to the offense on the point guards plate. You know what I mean? Yes. Where obviously we're, we're having Malachi do that a little bit, but as I just mentioned, it's, it's mainly Jay rich um, and they just want him to be a combo guard. So that I think is, is probably why Blake, th- that is another reason one, he's making mistakes in the G league, but also there's more, it's going to be easier for him when he comes up to run the offense. If he's already done it in Austin. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we can preview the Alamo Dome game a little bit. We already sure. talked about it yesterday. Um, I mean, one, the vibes are going to be immaculate. I'm so happy to go. Um, and oh, and of course, this was the big news. This was the the brand new news. The ticket record was broken today. So we'll break the attendance record. I will be a part of history. Nobody can ever say I won't be. Um, <laughs> Good for you, Jude. I'm I'm historic, Ethan. You are. <laughs> You've always um, been historic in my book, but oh, well, now I just feel bad. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry you're in Dallas and can't enjoy it. Yeah, it's all right. I'll I'll enjoy it just fine on the television. I'll probably have a better seat than you, Jude. No offense. No, you no you. My for my tickets, you definitely will. But the the other thing is about well, I'm gonna just be watching. I might be watching it on a TV too. There. Yeah, pretty much. So how yeah. about that? That's pretty cool. I'll give you that. You'll get a free shirt out of it. It'll be a great time, no. I'm sure. Okay, so the about the event that we're going to, though, it was like there were supposed to be like 150 people that were able to join, and only like 40 people did. And so that means it's standing room only, so that means there's going to be more space for us to see. That hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Because there's yeah, less people that signed up, and there's like a designated area. So That'd be fun time. Anyway. It'd be fun time. Hopefully, hopefully the... um the road warrior curse will prevail in San Antonio because that's about their only hope for them winning that game. Well, the fans will certainly be a a contributing factor (laughs) in the warriors potential demise. If they decide to be the road warriors, like you're saying. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It would just be all for San Antonio and it would be a great win. Don't you think? Yes, I think so. (laughs) <laughs> the lucky number 14 you know it's twice a seven so uh, it's the the game's on on friday the 13th i was hoping it'd be on friday the 14th so we could get our 14th win on the 14th but... well crazy things happen on friday the 13th that's the yep. perfect time for the spurs to upset the warriors we appreciate exactly. y'all thanks for hanging out for ssp and post game i realized i kind of just cut you off there a little bit no you're good Dude, final you're thoughts like... before we leave okay we're good we're gonna keep rolling we appreciate y'all We'll catch y'all in the next one. We hope y'all have a great time at the Alamo Dome or watching at the Alamo Dome. I'm sure some of you are probably going with how many people are going. But if you aren't, I'm sure you'll be enjoying it. It's going to be a great game. should be a great environment. We're finally on ESPN. Hopefully you get to watch it too and you don't have to do a bunch of internet streams like your boy here. Uh, (laughs) Go Spurs go, and we'll catch y'all later.